Welcome to the Better Future podcast series brought to you by Driven by Design Award Programs. I'm Mark Bergen, the founder of Driven by Design, and joining me is... Kirsten Mann. I'm Global VP of Product Experience for Oracle's Construction and Engineering Global Business Unit. This podcast series is a special series where we focus on design in the boardroom. It's a series of infill recordings and live panels with design giants from around the world, and we discuss how boards are leveraging design to accelerate economic outcomes. In other words, how is design being managed up, down, and across the organisation? In this episode, Mark joins Ollie Roos to talk design, innovation, and disruption. Ollie shares how Volkswagen took a long game approach to building digital platforms to power all their brands and help accelerate the transition to a digitally enhanced customer experience. So my name is Ole Reus. It's a very hard Ole Reus. It's Ole from Scandinavia. I'm the ambassador of uh, the Volkswagen Digital Lab Berlin. I'm 48 years old and I'm a very smart guy. <laughs> so Ollie, now now I know you're a really really humble guy. So that, that's that's just right out of the ballpark there, which is great there. So Ollie, here we are, and we met a couple of years ago, and you shared with me as much as you could publicly share at that time. But um, I want to have a conversation about where you're up to now at Volkswagen Digital Lab because. If we go back, what was it, three, four years ago that the that the lab began? Is that about the right, right time yeah, frame? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. 2015, I think. Okay, so three or four years ago, which means somewhere around four to five years ago, the board of Volkswagen began to say we need to build a capacity and we need to build a capacity that will give us digital enablement options in the future. So they've done that and uh, you've gone in and uh, and with your team – that you've gone and built core capacity, which has recently had a demonstration in, I, I think it's called the ID3. Is that the the current Volkswagen Golf? That's, that's a new Golf, the electric Golf. Uh, yeah. Okay. So then, listeners, what what happened was that if you go back long before Elon Musk decided that he pre-registered people for the Tesla, there was this funny little company in Germany called Volkswagen that used to have people pre-register for cars and uh, that culture's come back now. And uh, so for the ID3, it's thought that there was going to be too much demand for the marketplace. So they said, why don't we get people to go register, which means you need to have then a reliable identity platform so that people can register. And that's actually come out of the Volkswagen digital ads labs. So, was that a bit a, a um, say burst moment for you and the team that you went from having trial audiences into all of Germany now wanting to go and register for, for this product? I think so. That was maybe one of the greatest marks and one of the greatest proofs if uh, our, our our product is working. And we had a lot of stuff to learn uh, after that, to be honest, because we had a server problem and stuff and stress tests and stuff. But the, the product itself is great and works, you know. And before that, we had uh, a lot of people uh, were moving overnight on the system, like millions. And uh, this is a, a big stress test for the team. And uh, yeah. And so before then, if we go into millions, so there's, you know, six zeros behind that had you had 
thousands, tens of thousands of people on your platform. What type of scale difference was there between your trial audiences and that burst moment that went mainstream? We, we started with a couple because the idea was, you know, to develop apps and microservices and to have a good ecosystem for this. This was not a big idea. It was a bit like an MVP, you know, and uh, then it was, you know, like 10 people, maybe 20 people for a login for services and stuff. And there was thousands. And then the big step is to move everyone who's using a single product from a brand like Seat to move onto that platform and to onto that service like uh, login consent and profile management. And this was the big step, you know, to do that. And that was great. And we had a great success factor on that. You know? And and so the, one of the things that happens there, listeners, if you're not familiar with digital products, is that there's actually a thing that's called interface bounce. And so that you move people from one system to another and you've probably all experienced it. You've gone into your bank or your airline and you're not sure if you're actually at the same bank or the same airline because the experience feels so different. So although you've got these core services that are there, you had to make sure that there was enough of the flavor of the Seat brand that came across in that process but was relying on the core platforms that you build up as underlying technologies. So, you, so you'd had that as a, as a demonstration and no doubt there's a reporting up to the board who have sponsored this project and through, through a few layers of management to say – We've made our investment, they're on track, they're ready to go and actually begin to become a core service for the enterprise. You've then been able to go migrate one one of the brands onto your platform. And then there was probably somebody turned around and said, why don't we do this for the ID3? I'm, I don't think you would have been the people who initiated that. Was that then coming from elsewhere in the company that they put their hand up and said, we want to go do this project and your and your your product came into the fore? To be honest, I don't know. You don't know? I don't know. Okay. I was not involved, so I don't know. But I think, you know, uh, um, I I try to abstract it. Um, what I saw in the last three years is if you build a great product and you prove that the product is good and the quality is outstanding, uh, people are aware of this and people, people say, okay, there's no way around. And um, to answer your question a bit, this what we create here is a, is a Volkswagen ID and this is a bigger picture. And so... Yeah, the ID has to be the registration tool for this tool because it's the Volkswagen ID. We want to make the world better for the people outside and easier to use services. And so that, that's, that's a really interesting perspective, which is you don't know where that origin point was. And actually, it's not really that relevant, is it? It's, if you've built a service that is meant to be useful to the entire enterprise across all brands, then anybody in management who says we want to do a project should be able to turn it on like they would turn on an electric light. So then you, you've had this massive scaling up that's happened. There was a then a high five that would have taken place because it's a little bit like a, a rocket taking off. The mission was successful. And that would have then built a lot of confidence throughout the rest of the organisation and through to the board to say, well, not only can we make platforms which are automotive platforms, we're now making platforms which are digital platforms which can extend our customer experience. And Mark, that's fair enough because what we do is like we, we work like in that iterative, you know, we, we are user-centric. So what we do is to try to convince the users and to build something for the users and to convince them that this service is the best for them to use. So why shouldn't we work a different way here? So we should convince our users or customers or clients, you know, the board and the other departments that 
our software works. It's the same. It's useless for us, you know. So I want to go into another uh, another publicly known product uh, from Volkswagen, which is uh, the MOB, which is, for listeners, uh, it's a mobility platform, which is anybody can go buy this, and it's then got the drive systems, it's got the battery technologies on board, and it's got a range of um, sensor input capabilities for people, but you've also then been able to integrate that into into your platforms as well. Is that correct? No, um, our our platform. What we do here, and I, I only can speak for Digital Lab here because you know Volkswagen is so big; it's six hundred fifty thousand people all over the world. You know, and so many brands, so many people are doing great stuff. But our platform is a software platform. The idea behind our platform is um, that you can publish your code in the cloud, but you don't have to. Take Take care about everything else. Okay. We take care about that. So it's a I, different platform, okay. you know. So I was so, okay. So I was being a bit loose there about saying that it integrated because it's an open environment. Yeah. If people wish to go use it into into some more advanced products, it, it's available to them. But again, it doesn't create friction for you because it's a core service that's available for people to build out and build build, yeah. build upon. Okay, inside and outside, hopefully. So th- so that's a really interesting perspective for our listeners, which is that because it's been done right from an enterprise perspective, people can call on these services to then add value to the new products and the new customer experiences that they're offering. But you don't try to be, um, you don't try to be uh, all experiences for all touch points for all Volkswagen brands. You're sticking to the thing that you're really good at, which is making core systems, products, platforms that the Volkswagen enterprise can go leverage. Yeah, that's why we talk about MVPs and we're only building MVPs here, no prototypes here and software because we believe in in, in a good service, what it what it's working, you know, but we, we stay humble and that's very important, you know. We, we, we can't save the world with 55 people here from 27 nations, but we can do great stuff where we convince that it, that's working you know and that's more important for us and it's sometimes it's not the bigger picture sometimes it's a it's a small picture and then you create a bigger picture sometimes by accident so when i first met uh, the team at volkswagen they were working on a car parking project and they were also working on a um, courier delivery project And the courier delivery project was really interesting because it was about how do you make the trunk or the boot of every car that that uh, that has a, a Bluetooth release on 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 the luggage compartment? How do you make that a delivery drop point? And that that to me was like a really interesting innovation because it's a movable drop point for a delivery service, which is actually how a lot of us want it. We want the package in our car, not that we have to go pick the package up from somewhere. Yeah, right. And this is interesting because now we're talking about another platform and the platform is the platform Volkswagen We. What is the platform for the after sales of Volkswagen to, uh, uh, to, to, to serve mobility services for the people? And We Deliver is a product from the platform We where we helped in the beginning to, uh, to, to, to do everything that you can use the service and that it's working, including the team VCF, what we have here, what enables from every car, I think since 2008, to make it smart, to extract the data from the OBD dongle for whatever you like to do. 
Now, listeners, we, we'll try to put up a full dictionary of all of the acronyms here. I'm sorry Being an automotive, that. no, no, that's fine. Being an automotive company, there's a lot of acronyms that are yes. out there, and so the. Inter- can, I, can I say VCF means Vehicle Connectivity Framework? So it's not rocket science. Well, uh, no, it's not rocket science. Oh. Uh, science, but you know, it, it still can get people confused Copy because that. not everybody that's uh, listening to the Driven by Design Design the Boardroom podcast is an automotive aficionado. Some of them might even have bicycles. But they're passionate about mobility. I'm sure they're passionate about their bicycles and they might actually think that it means something else in their world. So we'll try to put the dictionary up there. So we've got the Wii product that's out there and I think it was Wii Deliver and Wii Park. Wii Park, yeah. Yeah. Wii Park, you can use it in Berlin. It's for parking without change, you know. You don't need uh, coins and stuff. I use it every day because parking in Berlin is crazy. It's about four euros uh, for an hour somewhere. So uh, it's it's an app just to help. It's a small app, but you can help. But it's a, it's an MVP where you can do a lot of stuff in the future with. Now, because you've got these apps in the marketplace, you're beginning to get some data that you can begin to look at behavior. You can look at uptake. You can look at people falling off as well. You can work out where the friction is that you're creating, that micro friction, because we, we know that it's the micro friction which is why people stop using apps and stop using digital products. And then you're able to go build up a profile that helps you understand in the lab for, for future use and future projects there. How many people have you got on the um, using the the Wii products out there with, with Wii Deliver and and Wii Park? Is it in the you know is it in millions that are because it's a big country? We have to check this. I don't know because this is a colleague from Wii, you know, and so they are fully aware of the marketing and communication stuff. And to be honest, that's not so important for my work. How many people are using this? More important is. Uh, is it good service? You know, do they use this very good? Um, but you know, with these services, I think we have to split the topic data from two perspectives. And I always try to say that to, to the people who visit us. Uh, on the, on the one, uh, one, one hand side, we need big data, you know, for everything like we want to do autonomous driving in the future level five. We need uh, maybe predictive stuff, you know, what, what pedestrians are behaving, what bikers are behaving. That's data what is very important for making a smart city or doing all the future mobility stuff. And on the other hand, and that's also important, you know, like location-based offers for people is advertising, but it can make the world of people better because if you have something in your, let's say, Amazon wish list and you drive with your car through a shopping mall and then you have a location based service on your f- smartphone it says hey the, the 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 dishwasher there is 200 bucks uh, lower it's a good service for you you know and that's also possible with, with data you have from the people and and then i'll go back for the listeners there and say but to make that location based offer you know need to know my identity absolutely and you need to have reliability about my, yeah. my identity because i really don't want you to give me an offer for a fishing product if i hate fishing that's it. You and know, people yet, have to trust us. Yet my partner, who also is in the car, might like fishing. So we need to make sure that those offers, and there has to be smarts behind that. So I can see, and and what I'm really enjoying about the conversation here with Ollie listeners is that 
he's really focused about the type of products and services that, that he makes. And he knows that they've got to be robust, they've got to be reliable, and they're meant to achieve some really core platform elements. And he's meant to be supporting people who are making very applied products. And that's a really good point for people to realize that you need to have core services that are available. You need to have applied product out there. You need to have data moving back between the applied products and the core services because data becomes a, a comes a core service for everyone to share in. And then as far as the board goes, that there's a capacity to be able to go report up on the productivity that's coming out from these core systems, which means that there would then be continued sponsorship of those activities and expansion. But there's also then reporting up, I'd imagine, how frictionless or how much friction there is between your customers, internal customers who are doing applied products. And and there's, so there's a great level of sophistication here at, at Volkswagen Labs because the what, you, what I'm seeing is people who understand how they work in an ecosystem, an enterprise ecosystem. They're not trying to be just like a, a little SWAT team who's trying to go sort everything out. This is scale territory. This is millions of users concurrently doing things around the world for one of the biggest automotive brands in the world. And that's great to go see. And if I, if I, if I might say that, it's very important for us to make a difference between the client, what is the department, you know, where we're working for, making products, the customer and the user. You know the difference between customer and user? You know that? Yeah. Yeah. Nobody knows that normally. You know that because you're a smart guy, but normally, and that's very important, a customer in mobile services is uh, the guy or the girl who's paying and the user is uh, the one who's using it. And it could be completely different in case of we park. I'm the customer. My girlfriend is the user. I'm the user too, but I'm paying the service and it's a complete different thing for me in user-centric. And I think we, you know, many people will see that with their um, Spotify account or with, the, or with their Netflix account that there's the different profiles in there different users and then there's actually the customer who's paying for uh, paying for it who's granting access who's part of that family um, unit that's out there and then no doubt at, uh, at those companies there's product managers who are after new release new product and some people are after old release product and some people are about customer upselling and all of those different people build this ecosystem who need to rely on the core services and the and the quality of the integrated platform that's been provided by the organization. But so, in Germany, just, just to, 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 to say that, in Germany, um, you have the word Kunde, mm -hmm. but there's everyone. You don't have the word Bezahler, you know, what, what means uh, a guy who's, who's paying that. You don't have that word. And this crazy, you know, because sometimes I think we in Germany don't think about this difference and we have to think about that. Also. Okay, so you're getting there... Um, a, a lack of definitive terms to help you out. And, and knowing a little bit about the, the German language, which is it's a very noun-rich language, um, more so than English. And so therefore you're missing a noun and that's hard to go and actually recreate that. So what do you do? Do you then adopt from English the terms? We, we, we think in English, we speak in English, we do everything in English. It was interesting when um, Ericsson were trying to go global in the 1960s, 1970s, and uh, that they they knew that they couldn't bring the English uh, – so couldn't 
when Ericsson were trying to go global in the 60s and 70s, they knew that they had to go and actually have the world's language as part of their platform. And so that they began to go and describe their switching technologies, but they used all English terms. So when you go look at the, look at their documentation, even in the Swedish drawings, that they're using the English definitive terms so that there was no confusion between Swedish engineers and the rest of the world. And uh, so I think they, you know, they're very good norms for people to do is work out what is our global language base. And uh, sometimes you're going to find that uh, English is likely to go have some terms in it that other languages don't have, which the French find reasonably difficult. Right, absolutely. And Portuguese too. We build a lab in Lisbon now, our STC, and it's not allowed. You have to pay 50 cents uh, if you speak uh, Portuguese because there are a lot of Portuguese people there, but there are also international people there. Hang on, take me back to this 50 euro cents. And so if you start speaking Portuguese. Yes, you have to pay and, uh, you know, and you go to karaoke bar with that at the end of the month or stuff because um, you cut out people if you speak uh, Portuguese. And I cut out people here if I speak German, you know, and that's what we don't want. And, and so then that means that you still need to have those product teams who are working out the, say, the cultural layer from the experience, but the engineering and the common services need to have a common language there. And they're, and they're really important corporate, corporate culture considerations uh, to think about. And I'm sure there's a few companies out there who are yet to go and tackle how do you actually bring up what might be an interchange language and what might be an end user language out there. And that's something that obviously you're ahead of that 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 curve in, in the way of the challenges. But it's going to be interesting to find out how your your contemporaries in the market, you know, if I go think if I go think, you know, immediately in this country country you're going to have mercedes and and, uh, and bmw um how do they call mercedes i never heard that no mercedes yeah joking, yeah so. it's a it's this funny little brand uh, so I, i think I somewhere in, somewhere in south <laughs> let's go we'll drop that little bit there um so so you've got mercedes and bmw And uh, but that's not all because you've then got out of out of the United States you've got um, huge brands there. But I think the big ones that we need to think about is, particularly in the electric vehicle market, is who's coming in from uh, from China, and because China loves the electric vehicle, they're far better at making electric vehicles than they are internal combustion engines, and that's probably because who needs to make a a thirty thousand Uh, you know, uh, component drivetrain when you can make a 2,000 component drivetrain. I know which business I'd like to be an expert in. So we're going to see those brands that come through. But then I was having an interesting conversation with somebody who was talking about why are we making a 2,000 kilogram vehicle to move a 100 kilo human being? And he, he was then reflecting about there's so many mobility platforms now which are scooters, which are five to 10 kilos to move a 100 kilo human being. And I think we're going to see an interesting revolution that happens there. And I suppose from a brand or an enterprise like Volkswagen, it's going to be how do you have the digital enablement services and how do you begin to look at new and novel ways to go and actually help people with their mobility? There's the 
the tried and tested large vehicles to move people around and they're becoming electrified, it's now going to find out what fills in that middle for the company. Yeah, but if you see Berlin and if you see Volkswagen, you know, we, we launched the WeShare product. I don't know if you know that. WeShare, full electric car sharing in Berlin mm -hmm. with 3,000 cars, I think, around. I'm not sure about the numbers, so yeah. we have to check. Um, and actually, listeners, I think what we're finding out here is Oli understands the platforms he's building, but we shouldn't be trusting any of, any of his numbers. No numbers. Because please. he's not, that's not, that's not where his head no, is. It's actually about delivery and capacity yeah so. i worked it's in the a, media a, company you know and uh, if they say oh we have a million users i said okay viewers i said okay what does it say is it a good show or not <laughs> you know so um, no but uh, so you've got a good fleet yeah. yeah that's it right but i don't know no but uh, uh, coming back to this we share you, uh, you know you have moya on the market moya's right hailing um we uh will deliver now a scooter for the last mile and so i think it's so important that you have a mobility concept to serve all people and i mean you know we're in a we're in a bubble here in berlin go to the suburbs go to wherever go to a different country go to countries where if it's not cool to have right hailing and to have uh, male and female sitting together and stuff we have to think about global needs of users and mobility that's so important so then uh, what's interesting here is i'm sure when we come back and have our next conversation we'll be talking about that ecosystem filling out but filling out quite rapidly because it's got those core underlying systems in place. And that's, you know, uh, economically we would often talk about things like a J-curve where there's, you know, a huge investment, it's actually costing you more money and then you rise up very quickly. That sounds like from a digital capacity that your labs are now coming out of that J-curve and we're going to go see some rapid rollout of new products. If you come in one year, we talk about complete different things. I can tell, but very, very cool stuff is going on. Well, I'm really glad that you've been able to go share with me your your products that are now in the market. Um, I look forward to come back and we have another conversation and talk about what's happened in the interim there. It's been fantastic to have an hour Ollie, it's been fantastic to have half an hour of your time to go talk about this. Thank you so much. I look forward to our next conversation. Thanks for having me, Mark. Awesome.